Happy Monday and welcome to the Weekly Noodle, the official podcast of Spaghetti Records. Each week we feature a different Spaghetti Records recording artist and give you a look behind the scenes at the writing, recording, and creative process. I'm Bill, and today I am in the studio with singer-songwriter The BCH to talk about his song Same Side of the Bed off of his debut EP, Just Another Year. How's it going, BCH? Uh, It's going swell. Swell and peachy. Awesome. Awesome. Swell and peachy. That's good. Um, Although, when I listen to this track, the place you were in writing it were things maybe not so swell and peachy? Yes. Whatever the opposite of peachy and swell is, that's probably where I was at. Uh, yeah, <laughs> sure. yeah, but it's, but it's good for, uh, it's good for art. <laughs> yeah, no, it is. And if you can, uh, take those, those times and those places in life and turn it into good, uh, good art and good music, you know, then, then I suppose you're doing pretty well. Um, it is a cool track. It seems to be a breakup song. If I can be so bold as to Mm-hmm. to suggest that right okay and sort of thematic with this ep which uh i've kind of enjoyed watching the whole ep this song but but all the songs off just another year take shape enjoyed kind of being a part of the process and there for a lot of it as you were working on it um recorded in blue room studio in detroit correct yeah right? no place like it <laughs> right right which is sort of in some ways the the birthplace of spaghetti records and uh and so many cool projects that we feature on the weekly noodle um it's singer songwriter music i would say if if i were gonna you know try to put it in a box which i guess mm-hmm. i shouldn't do but it, it has just for reference of how to to see the song and to see this project it's definitely got that element it's uh lyrical um a lot of acoustic uh guitars on on the track this song is a waltz almost i want to say it's three four or maybe six eight i'm not the theory guy but but one of those maybe you could uh (laughs) maybe you could specify which uh which it is yeah yeah it's uh it is a waltz um i believe it's more six eight than three four but whatever whatever uh bangs your shutter turns your butter um (laughs) (laughs) it's six eight and uh it is a sad song, which is funny to think of dancing to it uh, <laughs> as a waltz. Sure, sure. But um, yeah, this song, this song landed. So the like you said, it is a breakup song, and the the album is a breakup album, uh, post divorce album. And what I like about the album is that it it really wrote it along, going through that that whole process people go through in a breakup, you know. Um, and this song was the first song I wrote for the album and probably the earliest at the like most raw and painful moment, uh, very, the closest to, to the, to the breakup. Yeah. So okay. it's, it's interesting time and perspective. Why don't we, why don't we let the people hear it? Yeah. Here's the BCH with same side of the bed off of his debut EP, just another year. Sleeping on the same side of the bed 
it's fading, yes it's fading, and I feel just like I'm fading. So the song, the lyric really grabs you right from the start. I'm sleeping on the same side of the bed, still falling through the dent left by your head. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that line really, boy, it, it's the whole genesis of the song is this idea that um, sleeping on the same side of the bed as you would, you know, when you have a partner next to you. And 
if you don't, then you're sort of accepting the finality of the relationship ending. And so, you know, sleeping on that same side, everything's the same, sort of like your back literally facing to the other side of the bed and then back facing to the the reality of the end of things. And if you rolled over onto the other side of the bed, falling through the dent left by your head, is it's this idea of being a little and not ready to face and in denial. And if I just lay with my back and sleep on the same side, then nothing's changed. But sure. clearly wow. that's not the case. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's, that's powerful. And like I said, it, it kind of grabs you right from the start. Don't really, uh, don't really waste any time with this track. We just kind of dive right into it. No, I got to get to the whistle solo. I, mean, I just got to be economical and <laughs> get right to, to that as quickly as possible. And not only just the opening line of the song, really it's the opening line of the album. It's the first time we hear your voice. So it, it kind of just sets up the whole project for us as we listen beginning to end. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it really tells you what you're in for, sets the tone uh, at least, at least in the, in the beginning of the album, the tone does, does arc towards the more hopeful by the end. <laughs> sure. Sure. And a, another lyric that caught my ear and stood out to me was, and forgive me if I get it wrong, but I think it's, I'm missing the lack of the lapse in the norm, just like an expat who's returning home. Um, a couple things about that, that maybe you could speak to, first of all, just the, the, you know, the description of feeling like an expat returning home, I thought that's just really good poetry. I mean, there's just a, a feeling conveyed in that line that I really like. Um, and the second part of that, that whole lyric is that I have to sit and think about it. I'm missing the lack of the lapse in the norm. Um, that one almost, you know, just to interpret it, you got to think for a second, the, the lack <laughs> of the lapse. I don't know. The the whole thing flows together nicely, though. What um, can you speak to that at all? Yeah, it's kind of a two parter. I, I guess the first part about the expat returning home, they're they're both touching on the same feeling of uh, feeling foreign to yourself and sort of your your daily norm uh, and your, the norms of your life being disrupted. Um, you know. I, I'm not an expat, but, um, you know, I could imagine putting myself in the place when you leave your home country and, but then you sort of have your new life and returning home, it's, it's returned to the familiar, but yet at the same time you've been changed. And so even though you might be returning to who you were before a relationship, you've been changed by it and your home may now seem somewhat foreign to you. <laughs> um, sure. you know, yourself may not, you know, you may seem foreign to yourself. That was kind of the idea. And then the missing, missing the, the lack of the lapse of the norm, uh, nice tongue twister. That mm. one is hinting at the, the same thing, sort of feeling unsettled in the moment where you're not really sure what your norm is, you know, um, in that period where everything has just been so radically changed and you're trying to rebuild your life in who you are and what you're, what you, what's normal for you. And so there's no real lapse of the norm. Um, boy, 
I think that line is so puzzling. I don't even understand it, but that's the <laughs> idea that I'm was trying to relay is just a feeling of, you know, uh, there's, it's nice, it's nice to have a routine. It's nice to have things you can depend on and a norm. And when it's all disrupted, it's like, boy, I, I, I wish I felt like things weren't going normal. I don't even know what normal is. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. There's a lot in those uh, couple of lines. That's cool. Um, so when you wrote the song, had you already conceived that there would be a whole uh, project, an EP that was thematic around that? Or did this song, once this one was down, it kind of just became, okay, we need to, we need to do more. It, yeah, it was that it was, it was just, I, I wrote it at the moment. It was cathartic and what I, you know, kind of needed to do. And once I wrote it, I thought this is, you know, I think I continued along that path of kind of catharsis and writing songs for what I was feeling and going through at the time. But, uh, after maybe after the next one I wrote, I really sort of came to appreciate that I, as I was writing them, they were these chapters in that grieving process and it would be really cool to have an album that sort of catalogs that and listening to this track compared to like the last track of the album is a very big change in emotional tone and the message so so kind of neat in that way yeah yeah so this song really kind of uh gave birth to the whole project and it and it kind of flows chronologically in a way as you were working through things yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. Cool. Very cool. Well, I like, like I said, I like the song. Um, I like the instrumentation. The acoustic is great. I like the, the drumming and the bass. One thing I have to mention is the whistling. How did it's, it's cool. That's you whistling, I assume. Yeah. Yeah, cool. that is. Well, well, you're a good, a I've good always whistler. been a whistler. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. But, uh, how, how did that work its way into the song? Yeah. So it's, you know, it's funny. I was looking back over my notes for when I was writing this song and I, I didn't remember this until I looked back at these, but originally I had came up with the idea for the whistle solo as a harpsichord solo. Um, for whatever reason I was hearing it that way. And I, I record, I think I actually have the voice memo where I recorded the idea Oh, you have the actual, yeah, like yeah. recording to yourself, like yeah, record this before I forget it sort of thing. Oh, I got so many of these. I must sound schizophrenic or something, but um, yeah. <laughs> we we this, all do. When you write music, it, you end up with some interesting uh, audio files. <laughs> yeah, I have it right here if you want to hear it. Yeah, why don't we yeah. Why don't we let the people hear it? Here's the BCH with uh, the genesis of the whistling solo played on acoustic guitar. Over that F part with delay, perhaps an electric guitar, you can have this run over the F to C. Maybe on a piano doing it. Starts in a C. Yeah, all kind of a run down the scale. And then slide the D. And it kind of ends down to that B on the G string. And that 
that's just up the pressure of the C bar today. So that's cool. All right. So, so it was the idea was conceived that that it would be a harpsichord. It was demoed on acoustic guitar, and then at some point it became whistling. What, I think what do happened. You remember? Yeah. I mean, I think it just was a function of the fact I don't have a harpsichord, <laughs> or at the time <laughs> I just you know was writing and recording as I went along how uh, ideas, and since I I couldn't play a keyboard and play the guitar at the same time i was doing a run through and i just whistled it and then after i whistled i thought well actually that kind of sounds good i think you know part of me for a minute was afraid to put a whistle in there like it might be i don't know not hokey but but it actually ended up uh fitting the song really well i think yeah, I think it does too, and it's almost there's something kind of hopeful about it. I feel like I mean it's a it's a you know a sad song, but I don't think that you necessarily whistle when you just feel desperate. I mean, if 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 someone's whistling, maybe yeah. it's associated ever, with some level of optimism. Maybe. Have you ever tried to whistle while crying? It doesn't <laughs> it doesn't work. It's like trying to whistle with a mouthful of saltine. So yeah. it's it's pretty much impossible. So yeah, there is some hopefulness there to just being oh. able to whistle. Yeah, that's good. That's it adds a cool element to the song and I suppose even even taking the time to to write and see a you know a song through to its finished recorded end requires some some hopefulness you know or you're indulging in the cathartic process as you put it earlier which uh you know you haven't you haven't thrown in the towel if you're making music out of it i guess is what i'm saying yeah you know it's funny when i hear it i i'm reminded of a comment that uh one of my buddies he didn't know it was i just played on the track and he asked me if it was a theremin <laughs> oh wow <laughs> yeah i was like wow that's a real compliment uh you know I, but no that's just me whistling uh, i never would have thought now i'm gonna have to work a theremin into some future tracks so it sounds like in the near future you will be buying a harpsichord and a theremin i think is what we're saying yes yes awesome. that that is my <laughs> some life goals <laughs> well i look forward to the next uh the next interview uh, with you over a track that features prominently the harpsichord and the theremin. It's going to be very progressive. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. The BCH's next project. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be called Theraman. <laughs> <laughs> See, it's the ideas just keep popping. Here they at, do. Uh, and they're not all good. Uh, <laughs> time will tell. Fair enough. And it, it's definitely a pretty mellow song throughout. So one thing um, I didn't see coming, but that adds a, a cool dynamic is you kind of work your way up to full on screaming at one point, still reach for the ring, even though it ain't there or even though it's not there, I think mm-hmm. is the lyric and the uh, frustration kind of comes through in that part, you know, or uh, anger or however you want to put it. Uh, that's kind of a a cool dynamic. Um, yeah. Yeah. That, um, definitely, um, and the most intense moment of the song, I think. Still take off the ring, even though it ain't there. But it, um, the whole song is about, uh, like right, right after, 
a break of kind of dealing with the changes in your life, you know, after you're so used to, you know, the daily uh, with someone else as part of kind of, you know, part of your everything, your day-to-day life and the little routines. And this was, you know, of course, referring to wedding ring and kind of um, going to take it off, but you're not wearing it anymore. And yeah, I don't know if the yell is, it's interesting because it's, a lot of my favorite singer songwriter or some of that, you know, when you can hear the real human emotion in their voice, the visceral, the rawness, um, you know, and it has to be used tastefully. If I sang the whole song like that, it probably wouldn't have the same effect. Sure. Sure. But, but, you know, just, um, those are some of my favorite performances artists I like. And, um, I think that line being so intense kind of relayed the combination of, hurt and even self-directed anger at the time kind of like you idiot why are you why are you reaching for this and why are you still trying to cling on to this you know uh sort of a complex emotional place i was in yeah and it's definitely you know something like the the loud soft or going from singing to screaming it's something that's been done to to good effect before you know of course guys like Frank Black or Kurt Cobain, but I'm not mm-hmm. so used to hearing it on an acoustic track like this. It was definitely a cool, uh, a cool dynamic. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, pulling in some of my other influences, sneaking in there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very cool. All right. Well, that's a wrap for this week. Thank you for tuning in to the Weekly Noodle, the official podcast of Spaghetti Records. Join us next week for more behind the scenes action. Until then, I'm Bill. And keep it saucy, noodleheads. And why don't we now talk about another lyric? <laughs> <laughs> why don't I show you one of my masterful segues? <laughs> Of Spaghetti Records. All audio materials herein are hereby property of Spaghetti Records and relevant subsidiary parties. Trademark, copyright, secret recipe. Unauthorized duplication of authorized noodles is uncouth, rude, and generally frowned upon. The weekly noodle is made possible through listeners like you.